truly the battle belongs to the Lord. And we've faced lots of battles and are facing battles um, still. Um, We face battles over this um, uh, novel coronavirus, this COVID-19 that has really ravaged not just our communities and not just our uh, nation, but so much of the world and continues to be a very real uh, threat. And we're, uh, we're battling the effects of that that uh, certainly are seen in the uh, health concerns that uh, people have, the lives that have been lost, the lives that have been uh, forever changed because of all of this. Um, we certainly feel the impact of our families uh, who are struggling um, financially and emotionally uh, because of uh, everything that um, this uh, virus has brought on our land. And, and of course, there are other uh, struggles and battles that we fight uh, as well. Uh, this one overshadows a lot of the others, it seems, but Uh, we've been reminded of uh, the battles that we constantly face as a people, as a community, um, as a nation. Uh, The horrible uh, shooting death of Ahmaud Arbery in in Georgia a couple of months ago is is just another reminder of, of the battles that we endure and face and continue to fight. And Um, We pray for um, the truth to come out. We pray that justice uh, will prevail. And in the midst of all of that, we ask uh, for the Lord's uh, blessing and guidance. Uh, Because that and all battles uh, belong uh, to the Lord. And we play a part in uh, fighting those in this uh, life. And so we pray for all concerns and for the effects that it has upon our communities and upon our nation. Uh, We see uh, the difficulties in the lives of our families uh, because of this. We have been deprived of this moment (laughs) for so long. It seems like uh, forever. And, And so I especially want to thank those of you who have stayed home and are watching and worshiping online with us rather than being here and putting yourself at risk. We are very grateful for your selflessness and your courage and your sacrifice in doing that. So thank you, and thank you for participating with us online. You may not be able to tell, but I'm not sure what the count is going to be today, but it looks like we have about 650 here today. So it could be a record for the last several years. Uh, Amazing. Um, Those preachers counts, you just have to love them. Um, uh, But for all of you that are watching online, for all of you that are here, uh, what a blessing uh, it is for all of you who are leading uh, our our worship. Uh, I appreciate you uh, in such a great, great way. Um, Today is uh, special. 
today is special. Yes, you have an outline on your little handout uh, that you were given as you came in. Yes, the fill in the blank sermon outline is on our app. If you're watching from home, you can go to that uh, outline and fill these blanks in. And yes, I believe that we are able to broadcast uh, the uh, uh, some more of the uh, uh, service through our wonderful, incredible audiovisual team um, that allows us to be able to now online broadcast the slides for the songs and great news, the slides for Bill's sermon. <laughs> so, um, so I appreciate so much all who are involved in that great ministry and uh, the work that they have been constantly doing uh, over these last several weeks. Uh, what a blessing you are uh, to our church. Today is special. It's special because as this church has consistently done since 1885, even through a pandemic, I suppose even through another pandemic at the beginning of the 20th century, um, I'm not sure exactly how all of that played out here at Western when I was very young, um, but I know the church continued through that. The church continued through world wars. Um, the church continued through a depression. The church has been has seen so many challenges and battles that we have fought and continue to fight uh, today. Um, but today is special because as this church has consistently done since its beginning in 1885 here at West Irwin, even through this pandemic that we're currently experiencing, we celebrate the death of burial, and resurrection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And that makes today special. Today is special also because it is an important step toward gathering our whole church family uh, together. I realize that that's not the case today, but I, I, I do believe that what we're doing today is an important first step in that, an important next step, shall we say, in that, And we look forward and pray for that time when we can be not only together as a family, but actually shake each other's hands and, and give each other um, that wonderful hug that tells us uh, how much of a family we are and how much we mean to each other. Uh, we're not there yet, obviously. Um, some are worshiping here in person. Others in our church family are worshiping online. Other viewers watching from around the world, as we have seen over these last uh, few months. Finally, today is special because of another reason, as you know. Happy Mother's Day. Uh, congratulations to all of our godly women that make up this wonderful church family and that are a part of your families as well. Happy Mother's Day. I shudder to think of where any of us would be individually without the godly women that have had such an incredible impact for God in our lives and in our church. Uh, this is a Mother's Day like we have an experience, just like everything else. Um, it's, uh, it's a bit different. Uh, you have been sheltered at home. For those of our uh, younger families, you have been uh, mother and wife and father and worker and employee and teacher and mentor and coach and tutor and best friend. <laughs> so thank you. Uh, what an incredible task 
that has been. And so along with that, I noticed um, the Huffington Post uh, had some funniest parenting tweets of the last couple of weeks in April uh, as we were still adjusting to all of this. So I'd like to share a few of those. We probably could use a laugh or two. And it could be that I'm the only one that will think these are funny. And because of our light crowd here, there probably won't be much uh, laughter over these, which is, I want to say, not much different than when I say something funny in front of 400 people that are here. But here we go nonetheless. Mom, what is 345 minus 127? Daughter, 218. Mom, as she's filling in her taxes. Thanks, honey. Toddler, Mama, Mama, baby sister is smelly. Mom, she probably needs a diaper change. Toddler, why doesn't she go to the bathroom? Mom, well, she's just a baby, so she has a diaper. Toddler, reproachfully to the baby. That's disgusting, Claire. I kind of love this one. My kid can tell me all about a 24-minute episode of Paw Patrol in 56 minutes. I was living vicariously through my four-year-old's Barbie dolls because they were always doing something awesome, but now she's pretending they're in lockdown too, so even that's ruined. (laughs) Five-year-old, I'm pretending to do grown-up things. Mom, like what? Five-year-old, being tired all the time. Mom, nailed it. (laughs) Just when it seems homeschooling can't get any more difficult, they throw spirit week at us. Where am I going to get curbside delivery of a zebra outfit? (laughs) Mom, so for our little quarantine project today, I'm going to teach you how to turn down my bed. Kids, but it isn't even made. Mom, climbing in. Okay, now tuck me in. (laughs) When my son finished a math test before March 1st, 2020, did you not study? Are you not paying attention in class? Do you need a tutor? When my son fails a math test today, well, buddy, we did our best. (laughs) Back to homeschooling, or as this mother calls it, proof I'm not smarter than a fifth grader. And then finally, I'm not sure who coined the phrase, you'll miss these days, but it definitely wasn't a parent who spent a month quarantined with three kids. (laughs) Well, this is a time like no other. And uh, there are blessings everywhere, and there are challenges everywhere um, as well. And so as we gather on this Mother's Day of 2020, in person and in homes, let's consider some heroes, one from the first century church and some from today. A first century hero, Lydia. Her story begins in Acts chapter 16. And we don't hear much about her after that, but what we do hear about after that is the church that she helped establish. First century hero, Lydia, her story is in Acts chapter 16. And in Acts 16, Paul and Silas and Timothy are beginning what we call Paul's second mission journey. And as they do, they go, they hear the Macedonian call uh, and thinking they're just going to go through what we would call modern day Turkey Instead, the Spirit has other plans, and so they uh, find their way across the sea, across the Aegean Sea, uh, to what we would call modern-day 
modern-day Greece, and it lands them in the Roman colony of Philippi. Acts 16, beginning at verse 11. From Troas we put out to sea and sailed straight for Samothrace, and the next day we went on to Neapolis. From there we traveled to Philippi, a Roman colony in the leading city of that district of Macedonia. And we stayed there seven days. Verse 13. On the Sabbath we went outside the city gate to the river, where we expected to find a place of prayer. We sat down and began to speak to the women who had gathered there. One of those listening was a woman from the city of Thyatira named Lydia, a dealer in purple cloth. She was a worshiper of God. The Lord opened her heart to respond to Paul's message. When she and the members of her household were baptized, verse 15, she invited us to her home. If you consider me a believer in the Lord, she said, come and stay at my house. And she persuaded us. And we still name our daughters sometimes Lydia, even today. Again, we'll come back to those words, but uh, I want us to look also at the first chapter of Philippians because this is the church that began that day in the city of Philippi, in the home of Lydia. Um, And we'll say more about her in just a moment, but in Philippians chapter 1, Paul and Timothy, servants of Christ Jesus, to all God's holy people in Christ Jesus at Philippi, together with the overseers and deacons, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God every time I remember you, Paul says in verse 3. In all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy. Because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. Verse 7, it is right for me to feel this way about all of you since I have you in my heart. And whether I am in chains or defending and confirming the gospel, all of you share in God's grace with me. God can testify how I long for all of you with the affection of Christ Jesus. As Paul says in this statement, as he begins to write this letter from prison, probably in Rome, later to be released as best we can tell, and then rearrested years later and finally put to death for the cause of Christ. But at this time, one of the prison epistles, writing to the Philippians, writing to the church that meets at Philippi, and when he says, I always thank my God for you and all my prayers every time I think of you, what we just read in Acts 16 was one of those thoughts. That very beginning, that place of prayer that he finds, those women that were gathered and were praying, that woman Lydia, who said, yes, I want what you're talking about. I want Jesus in my life. What do I do? And Paul shared with her the story of the response of faith, of believing and turning away from your sins, repenting and of being baptized in Jesus Christ upon confession of the faith that's in your heart and living a new life, a forgiven life, a life to glorify and honor Christ. And in the first steps of that new life, Lydia said, you guys are coming home with me. You're not, you don't have a place to stay. You'll stay with me. And the church gathered and met in her home. 
Um, such an amazing, incredible story. And this church that Paul reflects on as he writes Philippians chapter 1. Always thankful for them for their partnership in the gospel. And that term, partnership, is a very special term because it's the same term that we translate in other places, fellowship. It's that term koinonia. It, it implies that very close bond that Paul had with the Philippians. And that partnership involved their relationship in Christ and it involved their giving. They're contributing to his work. In fact, in Philippians 4, Paul acknowledges that they had sent more money to him while in prison in Rome to help him to provide for his needs so that he could continue to work for the Lord in his cause. As Bill mentioned earlier, uh, we continue to uh, uh, adjust in this time of pandemic Uh, in our giving and in our contributions and this church family has done remarkably well and there are opportunities for you to drop a contribution as you leave today if you're here today if you're online you can give online at our website and there are some uh, uh, markers that are there Uh, we've had people who have mailed their contribution in people who have dropped it in by the office and granted the challenges are, are very great still that is for sure And we appreciate everyone who has continued to to give in the same way that the Philippian church gave for the Apostle Paul. And we also recognize and understand that some are unable to give right now because their challenges have increased um, incredibly. And the planned giving that they had for this year has been put to rest because of how this has affected them. And we want you to know We want you to know that we're here for you. As a church family, if you need us, please let us know uh, because that's what we're about. And for those who can give a little extra to help with some of those, then God bless you as well. And we've had some that have done exactly that. This woman, Lydia, was a giver. Her church became a giver uh, and a partner in Paul's ministry as he did his mission work, as he wrote those uh, messages that became uh, part of the New Testament as he um, suffered for the cause of Christ. They helped him. They helped him very real ways with their prayers and with their funds. And so let's talk for a moment about this woman, Lydia, and then look at some of today's heroes. The region of Lydia. Lydia was actually a region. In ancient times, it was an ancient kingdom bordering the Mediterranean Sea in the western part, what we would call modern-day Turkey. It was taken over in 546 B.C. by King Cyrus, so became a part of the Persian Empire. Later, Alexander the Great conquered it, and so it became a part of the Greek Empire. And so as you read up on the region of Lydia, it will likely say it was an ancient Hellenistic region and a part of the Greek Empire. Um, In 133 B.C., it became a part of the Roman province of Asia, that western part of of modern-day Turkey. It included some important cities such as Ephesus and Thyatira and others. Thyatira, where Lydia was from, where some of the churches that were located, uh, that were named in the letters to the seven churches of Asia in Revelation 2 and 3, including Ephesus and Thyatira. The woman, Lydia, may have been named for that area. That may be partially why how we got her name. The area where she was from 
What do we know about her from Acts 16? Well, she was a successful businesswoman. She had dealt with purple dye and cloth, for which Thyatira and the region were well known. Uh, and it was, uh, it was a very successful uh, woman that becomes perhaps the very first convert uh, in, in Europe. We know that she was a worshiper of God. She was there to pray, perhaps very much like Cornelius, who was baptized as a non-Jew. In Acts chapter 10, this woman, Lydia, a worshiper of God, but probably not a convert to Judaism, nothing to indicate that. But she was converted and became a disciple of Jesus Christ, possibly, again, the very first convert in Europe. Lydia opened her home to Paul and his missionary team, and it's likely that the church met at her house, the church that was such a significant financial supporter and shared that partnership in ministry with the Apostle Paul. We have many Lydias in our West Irwin Church family, and we thank God for you because you are an integral part of this church. You pray, and you pray hard. <laughs> and you work, and you work hard. And we appreciate you. We truly, truly do. There are so many that are watching online uh, that would love to be here right now that do so much for this church family. And so we're grateful for our Lydia's. And for the modern day Lydia's throughout the kingdom of Christ today who are seeking uh, to serve, who are seeking to help. And so let's move from this first century hero Lydia to some of today's heroes. And we, of course, begin with healthcare workers and other first responders, uh, law enforcement officials, paramedics. Uh, those who uh, tirelessly and, and selflessly and with great sacrifice continue to do their jobs and, in fact, in many ways, work even harder than ever. We're thankful for you. We're thankful for the sacrifices that you make, and we're thankful for the risks that you take for us. Others that have been called essential workers, we know that no job is uh, not essential to a family or an individual but there are some essential workers, essential jobs that we have talked about, those who work at banks or at grocery stores or at the auto shop or deliver uh, our, our, uh, our mail or deliver our packages, uh, do repair work on our homes or on our vehicles. Um, and then others that, we have been, that have been called workers in non-essential jobs, those who actually stayed home to help stem the tide of this pandemic. Um, those who have sewn masks to give away. We, in our calling, we have uh, talked to members of this church family and, and several people have told me that they have been sewing masks. What a blessing. <clears throat> Others who have made it a point to call and check on people in need, people who need help or encouragement. Our West Irwin church leaders here, the servant leaders of our church family are heroes for us today. Our elders, our shepherds, our ministers, our deacons, and other ministry leaders and their families, as well as others who have given their time and efforts to help the church continue its work and ministry. Um, I can't say that we haven't missed a beat, but I can say that the beats we've missed are few. And it's because of these heroes that lead and serve our church family, all who have taken part in our online church services. What a blessing. 
What a blessing that is for us today and for all who participate. Uh, Those who have taken part in our online services, our uh, online classes, whether it's Facebook Live or Zoom or other studies, those who have led those, those who have taken part, those who have continued to give, those who have gone the extra mile to help and serve others, all who have prayed. We just recently completed the 40 days of prayer that our shepherds called us to, and I know that your praying hasn't stopped, and it continues every day. Those today and then the weeks ahead watching from home, we know, we know you really wanted to be here today, but you made the sacrifice and you're participating at home instead. And we thank you. You're blessing us today because of the decision and the choices that you made. Who knew that taking part in our worship service at home in your pajama pants or jeans would be a sacrifice and heroic? (laughs) And yet it is. Moms, dads, grandparents, other family members, graduates who have seen their senior year flitter away. So many sacrifices that people have made that call them to be heroes. This quote from Dr. Carson Reed of Abilene Christian University says it well. Stories of hope are emerging. If God is present in dark places, then we find ordinary people doing remarkable work. Hospitals, nursing homes, fire trucks, and grocery stores are full of ordinary people acting heroically. These ordinary people are in our congregations. They are responding to serve neighbors, deliver food, shuttle people for medical care. Those who have work are giving work to those who need it, and those who don't have work are finding ways to make use of their days by serving others. And I say a hearty amen to that statement. And thank all of today's heroes. Truly, the battle belongs to the Lord. So today and every day, show appreciation to those who give so much in our homes, our churches, and our communities. Oh, and by the way, young parents, (laughs) you probably will miss these days. So as we close today, we go back to Philippians chapter 1. And look at a prayer, a prayer that we would all act heroically. Not for the glory, not for the accolades, not so that someone will say something about it. But so that we will be some of today's heroes who share that word of joy in the midst of a pandemic. Who help others to see how our lives can be filled with hope in the midst of a very dark and seemingly hopeless time who help to show others that in spite of everything else going on, the battle belongs to the Lord. And we have victory through our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. And so this prayer that Paul prays in Philippians 1, verses 9 through 11, this is my prayer that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight so that you may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. You see, the ultimate hero today and always is our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ.
He is the ultimate hero today, yesterday, and tomorrow. Alas, and did my Savior bleed, and did my Sovereign die? At the cross, at the cross, where I first saw the light and the burden of my heart was rolled away. But drops of grief can ne'er repay the debt of love that I owe. Here today, Lord, I give myself. I give myself away. It's all that I can do. If you're here this morning and you would like to respond for prayer, for encouragement, to come to know Christ, come as we stand together and as we sing our